The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including ACLA Impact, Seed Equity Ventures, and Clean Energy Advisors. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is Laurie Carey. She's the CEO and founder of Laurie Carey Consulting, and we connect the dots. Uh, Laurie, welcome to the show. Hi, Devin. How are you? Tell us a little bit about what you do at Laurie Carey Consulting. So what we do is help people understand how to leverage latest research on brain-based learning. And, uh, you know, we've learned more about the brain than us two decades than we have in our uh, lifetime. And so there's a lot of information out there, a lot of research out there that tells us how we think how we think, and how we learn. And so we teach people how to understand those concepts uh, at a, a level that they can understand. And then how do you use that knowledge to help communicate better and to teach better uh, and to be a better leader and a better manager uh, and just really um, use it for everything in life. It's, uh, you can be a better parent. You can be a better um uh, just better in, in understanding how your emotions um, interact and, and, and how do you deal with that uh, and how do they play a role in how you think and how you get creative and innovate. And we do that through professional development programs. Terrific. And then uh, tell us about We Connect the Dots. So We Connect the Dots is a not-for-profit organization that we started about four years ago. And that is really to focus on a challenge we have with students in the careers today, helping them to understand their, their career potential. So it's really about, you know, how do, they, how do we help a child ages 13 to 18 um, understand what the opportunities are out there and the potential they might have in those careers. So across science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And it's, and it's really through innovative um, learning experience, so novel learning, and how do you take and do experiential project-based learning and giving these students the skills they need to be successful in those careers. Well, you, you gave us some great tips, uh, some great insights uh, to help us think through some of the information that you're accustomed to teaching people as you go about your work, both uh, at uh, Laurie Carey Consulting and at the We Connect the Dots. Uh, the first insight you gave us was that life is just a state of mind. Tell us a little bit more about what you mean by that. Because we know that, you know, there's this, this concept of, we don't talk about it a lot, about um, that inner voice that you have, that, that you know, everybody talks to themselves. And, and it's amazing when I talk to adults and students, and I'll share that with them, and I'll say, you know, your inner voice that talks to you, and they'll say, no, I don't have one of those. <laughs> and it's almost like we don't want to admit that we talk to ourselves. And it, there's so much research that tells us that, you know, it, talking to yourself is important, uh, and it can help you get through challenges. And so obviously talking to yourself in a positive way is what you want to do. But when you can catch and if you understand that concept and you can catch yourself maybe thinking negatively, um, you can change your perception and, and what you do and your behavior uh, and how you interact. And so it's a mindset. Life is a mindset. It's what are you thinking about? Right. And how are you talking to yourself and how are you moving through anything that's difficult? And, and we're designed by nature, our brains to protect us. Right. That's just who we are. And so our brain wants to do that all the time with us. And sometimes we have tools in our head that we don't really need anymore. Uh, so how do we take and understand that that's just my brain and that's just it's telling me that I can't do this right now, but, but I can. And so it, it feels a little uncomfortable. And so how do I get more comfortable with this concept of this? And, and so we do this a lot with students and with adults and showing them how getting a little uncomfortable is how you learn. 
And if you're not willing to get a little uncomfortable, or maybe if you're, you're always in the status mode where you're always comfortable, well, maybe you're probably not learning. So how do you get yourself uncomfortable so that you can learn and you can move forward and, and get through challenges? You, you gave us a, a great second observation, which was that diversity brings more innovation. Tell us about why diversity enhances innovation. So we spend millions of dollars um, a year in corporations teaching diversity. And we do it because we know through research that diversity, diverse teams create amazing, innovative products. It's because we look at things differently. We look at things, whether it's a gender, age, uh, culture, um, your environment and how you were raised, um, whatever it may be, we all have different mindsets and we all look at solving problems differently. And that's a good thing. We want that, right? So the more diverse you can have for a team or people that work together, um, it's core values that really make the most um, underlying success. And then adding on that layer of diversity diversity allows you to create innovation, innovative solutions and look at problems again differently. So we teach diversity at a young age and, and demonstrate it through action and behavior and through experiences in our experiential learning programs and with adults as well to really understand why, you know, um, your thinking is different and why it's important and how what it brings to the team and, and how that um, impacts a, a business's outcome and success uh, and just a learning experience. Excellent. Excellent. We do see the evidence of that all around us, don't we? Uh, now, you also suggest that disruption creates an opportunity to learn. Where does that come from? So technology is disrupting us all the time, right? And it will continue to, to disrupt us. Uh, and that's, you know, it brings good and bad. And so um, sometimes it creates jobs and sometimes it takes jobs away. And so when you're in a career mode and you're, you're teaching students about what the opportunities are that are coming, you have to, they have to understand that there will be disruption. And how are you looking at that? How are you ensuring that you're relevant, that your skills are relevant, and they continue to evolve with the disruption? And there's this, also this concept of that if you're in business today and you don't disrupt your own business because evolution is happening and that disruption is happening in the background and you don't, you're not, you know, um, either aware of it or you're not looking for it. Someone will disrupt you. They will disrupt your business. So you're better off disrupting yourself before someone else does. <laughs> so it can apply in many different ways. Let's go a little deeper here. I, I see some opportunity to, to, to uh, plow a little more ground here because uh, we, we are in a, not only in a place where we're seeing a lot of rapid uh, disruption due to technology, but we're likely to see the pace of technological change accelerate as technology allows us to develop new technology even more rapidly. And uh, some of the changes that are on the horizon will be pretty astounding. I think of uh, self-driving cars as one of the most remarkable I can't wait. transformations of the next decade uh, that is just really going to start throwing us for a loop. What, what do you think? How do we cope with these with these transformations most effectively? Yeah. So some you know, again, and, and also this goes back to the mindset. Um, some people embrace disruption and they see it as a learning opportunity, and some don't. Right. And so for me, I like change. I, I love change because it, again, I like to learn. And so being a lifelong learner, learner is important, and we have to teach this next generation of students how important that is because of this disruption. So we think about the Internet of Things, right? And we think about how that's laying the foundation for us for this next level of, of innovation to occur. And so the jobs that are happening and, and how it's changing our lives. 
So um, there's just incredible opportunity for us ahead. And we have to be also very um, cognizant of how that changes us as a society. Right. Are we, you know, you know, and we've been through this before. We've been through this evolution change where the Internet embraced and and how that disrupted us. And so we have to learn from those evolutions and those um, peaks that we go through and to ensure that we're really thinking about technology as a value added, not just technology because it's cool. Right. And we we already know we know we've been there and we did that at one point in our in our history. So we have to be very aware of how are we looking at this as um, benefits to us and how are we looking at the, the the next evolution in this fast pace to give us value. So driving cars, we're ready for them, right? Self-driving cars, you know, we think about the accidents and look about people when they're texting and being distracted, right? So this is going to come to a, um, a, you know, a tipping point where we're going to have to have self-driving cars because we're just not going to be paying attention to driving anymore. <laughs> so, it, you know, this is part of the evolution and we're seeing this. So as we see these things happening, we have to say, OK, you know, we're ready for this now. And, and so, again, it's about the timing, the strategy, thinking through how this impacts and what the domino effect that it creates. How does it impact jobs? How does it impact um, our lifestyles and how does it impact, you know, future things that come from it? Uh, And so it's really understanding the evolution. And then how do we teach the workforce skills and how do we help people who may be disrupted by these things to understand where they will play? in the next evolution of this? How do we transition them? Instead of thinking about replacing the jobs, it's about transitioning the jobs, right? So that there's new jobs that come about this. And this is where we have, if we teach the core skills that they need, they can then shift and transition into any job. But it's having those core foundational skills, which we're not teaching today. So I want you just for a minute to speak to someone who uh, doesn't love technology, hates change, and is already frustrated by the pace of change. You and I love change. We're excited about this. And all of this that you're saying makes sense to us almost intuitively. But but to people who uh, hate change, to resist change, that uh, can't understand why we can't just open a book and read a book like that. Why do we need digital? I mean, help speak to that person for just a minute. Yeah. So if you you look at um, life, you can live life in any way you want, right? There are some things that you may not have to embrace, but if you choose not to embrace them, you choose to be left behind. So you have to decide, do you want to move forward and and take and and see the value in that for yourself and, and be selective about what you choose? You know, some people I know, you know, choose to not use a cell phone. And that's okay. Just understand the consequences of not doing that, right? Some people choose to not use certain technologies. And again, just understand the reasons you're choosing that. And is it a brain bias because maybe you're not open-minded enough to understand how it could bring you value? And so you have to be open-minded and you have to look at things differently. And again, we are as a society, the brain bias, it really affects us in so many ways. And diversity um, and and all of things things that go with that are part of brain bias. So not wanting to be open-minded to understand and embrace technology is part of that challenge. Um, But you can't force it on everybody, right? So you have to have the the ability to take it uh, as a society in steps and stages that allow for different types of thinking. just like books and, and browse, you know, I like to personally hold a book and that's okay. I like to hold a book and I probably will always like to hold a book and, and, but, and I should be able to do that. Right. Um, so, but there will come a time maybe that books are not produced anymore for whatever reason. Um, and so we have to decide as a society, why are we getting rid of the books? 
Is it due to cost in trees? You know, what are the reasons for this? And then I, as an individual, need to understand how that impacts me, right? And how do I, you know, embrace that change? So hopefully that answered the question, but it's not because I love technology change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard for us sometimes, I think, speaking of the way our brains work, to understand and feel what other people feel and think, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. And we have to put ourselves in their shoes. We have to put ourselves in their shoes. And that's really, um, you know, being aware of their thinking, their their hot buttons and what's triggering their emotions to be um, potentially uh, having a bias or being closed minded about it. Yeah. Now, I, I want to take advantage uh, of the opportunity while I've got you, Laurie, to uh, understand a, a couple of things about you personally. As, as you've been successful in your work, you've become a role model to a lot of people. But who do you look up to as a role model? Who inspires you? Hmm. So the first thing that comes to mind is Helen Keller. Helen Keller is someone that I've always inspired, you know, has always inspired me since a young adult. Uh, and I did that. And, and how I found or discovered Helen was through, um, in, in, when I was young in school, I was asked to do a report on someone and um, we were given a, you know, a selection of people to choose from. And when I saw her, she had the same birthday as me. So we we're both born on June 27th. She was born in 1880 <laughs> and I'll not disclose my birthday. <laughs> um, so, you know, when I saw that as a young, young adult, I, and I aspired to, you know, I started to read and learn about her and she overcame so many adversities in her life that um, when I looked about my childhood, I had a lot of um, challenges in my childhood. And a lot of those reasons come out to why I did why I did the organization that I do um, today. And so uh, Helen inspired me to do and to change perspectives of, of society, because she did that. She literally changed, she created um, the ability to, to change brain bias, right? To change society's perspective. And, and she did that so successfully. And uh, so I always look up to, her, up to her still to this day. When I think about a challenge I'm having in my life, I think about what she overcame. And it helps me to get through those challenges. Yeah, what a great, what a great example. Now, uh, uh, you know, I think everyone understands the need for us to, to cope better, to do better, to help uh, our, the next generation do better. Uh, what drew you to this, though? You, you personally, what was your personal connection to these, to this change, this movement that you're helping to lead? So um, in my childhood, you know, we were not, um, I grew up in a very small town in upstate New York. And so uh, I was not the best student in school. And um, because I wasn't the best student, I was basically told that, you know, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be able to go to college. You're not going to do this. You're not going to do that. And what they didn't look at, and this, I know this as an adult now, is that, you know, because of the challenges I had in my life as a child, those were things that impacted my learning. And so um, as I you know, grew up and, and really was uh, exposed to different things, then I started to embrace them. So, for example, for me, I found technology in the career around technology. I've been in it for 35 plus years. And um, I did that by accident. I was going with a friend. I was 18 years old and, and uh, I was a young adult working. And I went with a friend for a job opportunity and I got the job they didn't. And it was really them. They were, I was just going along for the ride. <laughs> and it was working on a manufacturing floor, working in an assembly line, building printed circuit boards. And, and this was in the you know, 1980. <laughs> and so um, 
this it led me to understand what I was good at and, and I embraced it and, and really got excited and passionate about it. And so I think about a lot of the kids that are out there today that don't have that exposure to something that triggers them. And so how do you create something that gives a child the opportunity to get hands on to experience something that might trigger them to think about a career opportunity? So um, working at Microsoft for 10 years and doing that, I worked with a lot of partners who would come to me all the time and say, we don't have resources, we don't have resources. And so, you know, I said, okay, we don't have resources, but we have these jobs. Why? What's the problem here? You know, why aren't we, you know, doing something about this? So I took and did an executive MBA at Harvard Business School and took this as my project and said, I want to make an impact. I want to make change. And now I originally did it just for girls because a lot of the programs I did while working at Microsoft were focused on getting girls into, into STEM careers. And um, when I did that, I had a woman in, um, the, in the, my alumni in the uh, program who said, you know, what are you doing? You know, the, the U, you U.S. people, you constantly put people in buckets. And, and, and I said, you know what? You're right. What are we doing? What are we teaching these young girls by not really teaching them the coping skills and the, the value of diversity? So I decided to take this project and do it and really take and, and meld it with boys and girls and teaching diversity across multiple age groups and really helping them to, so I, you know, again, so this project evolved out of my own experiences as a child, out of, out of what I saw in the industry happening and a problem that needed to be solved. And then how do we take and work together to solve it? How do we bring industry experts together and industries who need to build the careers? How do we bring the teachers together to help them understand how do they teach these skills that are needed in the workforce and even expose children to the opportunities that are coming? We're evolving so fast that these jobs, we're in really serious trouble because we don't have the workforce skills and we've got to make a difference. So this organization does that. We really help kids understand the career opportunities and the skills they need to be successful. But we do it in a model where we help schools understand how to do that so we can scale it through a playbook model. That's great. Now, last thing, we asked all of our guests for an impact hack, some tip that will help us to do more good. What's yours? So um, the impact hack. So every program that we do, both in both organizations, specifically in the not-for-profit, we take it and we make sure that our methodology is brain-based learning. So it's brain-friendly and everything is focused around the neuroscience research and what we know about education today. And then it's got diversity wrapped in there as well. And then it's modularized so that we can pull out different curriculum and different components. But the foundation of how we teach is core to that. It's teaching diversity. It's teaching um, knowledge about neuroscience and the brain and how you learn. And then, of course, it's a playbook model, as I mentioned before. So that playbook model is how do we scale this? How do we give this content to someone where they can take it? They can modularly pull in and out components like robotics and coding or whatever it may be that they're looking to teach. And then what are the workforce skills that we need or the, the, the industries we need to excite kids about? And then how do we take it and shape it so we can hand it off to somebody and they can take and use it? And so I do that really well. I've done that on a global scale with a number of different uh, programs and projects. And we know we can do this. We can take this methodology and give it to a, uh, somebody in Australia and say, hey, here's a program. Let's help you guys deliver this so that you can scale this here. Uh, a, a, a group of people in, in Philadelphia tell, taking this um, model to them and saying, here, take this model and deliver this in your school district. So now you can deliver these immersive programs and you can empower the students. Terrific, terrific. Now, uh, Laurie, you're you're running a crowdfunding campaign right now on Indiegogo. Tell us a little little bit about uh, what you're trying to raise the money for. Yes. So we know we've got this foundational model that we can go out and execute. 
and we've proven it. We've got metrics to, to, um, to prove that we're changing a child's thinking. We use a, a metric um, around neuro, the National Science Foundation. This is a, uh, basically to look at students' thinking. It's not about what they pass or fail score tests. It's about are they changing their thinking? Are they seeing if they have the right resources and role models and, and tools to be successful? And we're seeing dramatic results from this. And so we need to do more of what we're doing today in order to scale this out, to scale it out to across the nation and, and really teaching the global workforce skills for students around the world. And so we can't do that alone. We can't uh, take that model without funding. And we've done everything today, and I've been personally invested lots of time and money into making this happen, but we need to take it to the next level. So we started this Indiegogo campaign, and, and we're ambitious. <laughs> we want to raise a million dollars because we can't do this with small pockets of money. We can't do the scale and the impact. We can't do what Helen did for society without the help of others helping us do this. So it's ambitious. And, and if you go out to our campaign today, you know, we haven't made a lot of progress, but I'm hoping that people hear this, this today and they hear what we're doing and they understand what, what has to get done. And we think about these students that are out there today, they're sitting at home, they're in front of their computers, they're, they're, they're not, they're, there's 6 million students out there ages 18 to 25 that are unemployed. And we've got to make a difference now. We're, if you have students that age group, that's a recipe for violence and for trouble. And we're already seeing it in the, in the media today, in the news today. We're seeing what's happening to these kids because they're influenced in a negative way. How do we take that and invest and influence those students in a positive way to get those kids engaged in the careers that are out there? There's jobs. We just need to lead them to the place to find them and teach them how to get them. Fantastic. Now, Laurie, before you go, tell us how people can learn more uh, how they can find your website, follow you on social media, and how they can find your crowdfunding campaign. Yes. So they can go out to Indiegogo and they can search for We Connect the Dots and they can find us there. And we encourage you to go out and uh, be supportive. There's lots of um, uh, ways that you can help us through do donations, through sponsoring and supporting, and of course, through uh, volunteering. And uh, we can, you can go on our website as well. It's WeConnectTheDots.org. Now, it is a long domain name, so it's got dashes between because it is literally Connect the Dots. And uh, so that's the domain name. And then uh, you can go to LoriCarry.com. That's an easier one to find. And you'll find us through that domain as well. You can find me out on, um, on LinkedIn, Lori Carey. And then, of course, you can get me on Twitter at LJCoach. Uh, so there's lots of ways to engage with us and connect with us. And we really need the support and help from people to help us make a difference, to help us impact all these students. Fantastic. Laurie, thank you very much for being with us today. We wish you every success with your crowdfunding campaign and with your efforts to help everyone better prepare for the changes ahead. Thank you so much, Devin. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact GGI uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition to a financial return. Seed Equity Ventures is a registered broker-dealer with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and a member of both FINRA and SIPC, providing investment banking services to startups globally. Seed Equity's mission is to find the best and brightest entrepreneurs and connect them with global investors. 
Clean Energy Advisors creates investment opportunities in the renewable energy sector that provide clients with a predictable income, preservation of capital, and positive impact. Clean Energy Advisors is committed to providing clients with investment opportunities with both market rates of return and measurable impact. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.